The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for The Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. All right, on today's show, it is Dominic Fister. He writes for us here at the Viking Age, and he's been on the show in the past. He's going to come and talk about the Vikings and and maybe talk a little bit about their next opponent, the Lions, the Lions who have yet to win a game this year. And I believe the Vikings currently are favored by seven points um, uh, this weekend in Detroit. Uh, the game is at noon central. And I believe it's on CBS, actually, not on Fox. Uh, but uh, welcome back to the show, Dominic. Yeah, thank you for having me, Adam. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Talk some Vikings football. Yes. All right. So, the Vikings playing the winless Lions on Sunday. Um, if you've rooted for the Vikings for more than a year, you are probably lying if you're saying you're not nervous about Sunday, about the Vikings becoming the first team to lose to the Lions this year. So my question to you is, would a loss to the Lions on Sunday guarantee Mike Zimmer being let go after the season by the Vikings? Yeah, I think he's on one of the hottest seats in the NFL right now, and I think a loss to the Lions would um, not only just continue the Vikings being like uh, somewhat of a clown in the eyes of the NFL. People love to laugh at the Vikings and laugh at Kirk Cousins, and the Vikings can never win the big game. They never win a primetime game. Losing to the Lions at 1 o'clock on a Sunday would just be uh, the cherry on top of uh, the end of the Zimmer era here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, would, uh, it wouldn't be a good look. I wouldn't be surprised. Just like I don't think a whole lot of people were surprised that they lost to the 49ers after getting those two big wins against, what, the Chargers and, and Packers. Um, but, yeah, you can't lose to the Lions. Like, I, I understand people are like, oh, the Lions play hard every week and everything, but they're not good. They 
you know, they just lost to the Bears, who had lost four or five in a row before playing the Lions. Um, it's just they're not good. And Kirk, I don't think Kirk Cousins ever actually lost to the Lions um, as a, a member of the Vikings. So he at least, you know, steps it up when whenever he plays the Lions. And um, I, I don't know. It would, yeah, it would, it would be good. I I could see the, them losing to the Lions and making the playoffs. But then I'm like, does that matter? Like when you look back and if you want to keep Zimmer, like, yeah, I just, does Zimmer, you, do you think Zimmer, even if they lose on Sunday, does he make it past um, the the Lions game if they lose to the Lions? Do you think they just, they give him, they're going to give him to the end of the season no matter what? Yeah, I think no matter what, they give him to the end of the season. I also think that, you know, Kirk Cousins is somewhat like upset proof in the sense that, he will he'll win the games he's supposed to and he'll lose the games he's supposed to and he'll never go above expectation or below so i think that a game a sleeper game like the lions i feel like is a game where kirk will go you know 28 of 33 with 300 yards and three touchdowns and everyone will be like and, see told you he's fine yeah yeah so that's the good part of kirk cousins whereas you know, the Packers on a Sunday night to win the division or something, and he goes out and lays an egg. So you won't have that embarrassing loss, but I don't think you'll get that pivotal win with Kirk either. Now, if somebody wanted to argue with it, they could point to that Bills game in 2018 when uh, I think they were 0-3 and the Vikings were home and they were favored by like 17 points or something, and they got demolished by the Bills. Kirk Cousins was the quarterback. Um for for the most part, yeah, he he's able to help the Vikings win the games. They need to win. It almost didn't happen in Week Five though, against the Lions. <laughs> so we can't listen. Nothing, nothing's for granted, you know. Oh no, yeah. I wouldn't be. I don't like it. I, I tell you what, I'm nervous going into Sunday for sure. Yeah. I think you're crazy if you think that we even might cover the spread. Like, I don't even know. I, I just, it all it has the writing on the wall, Dalvin Cook being injured. Uh, I don't think Anthony Barr's practice this week. Eric Kendricks nope. um, might have been limited or. Darius uh, out too. Darius, well, yeah. So, I mean, we're banged up. Everyone in the NFL is banged up. The Lions are like, they, they're so close, mm-hmm. right? Every team, it seems like they're, they're just, they tied the Steelers. They're going down to the wire and nearly every game they play. So, just don't be – nobody wants to be the team to lose to the Lions, but the writing's on the wall, divisional game, banged up Vikings. Um, so just don't don't let it happen if you're Zimmer. Yeah, or if, if the Lions don't beat the Vikings this week, their schedule's kind of tough. Um, they're at the Broncos after, next week, then they play home to the Cardinals, then they're at the Falcons – at the Seahawks, and then they finish home to the Packers. They could beat the Falcons, or the or the, probably not the Seahawks on the road. Um, maybe they could. The Seahawks are not good this year. Yeah. Um, and maybe they they could even probably beat the Broncos. It's just I don't think they're going to beat the Cardinals or the Packers. So um, I guess their schedule isn't as hard as I just I just said it was. It's not too bad. I just look at home and away, and I'm like, yeah. But these days. Especially this year, I feel like it doesn't really home field advantage doesn't seem like it's what it once was. Obviously, it's better for a team like the Vikings because they're indoors and they get that boost with the crowd noise. But 
for the most part, I think it hasn't really become a factor as much as people might have thought it would. Um, so today I wrote something on on for the reasons why the the Vikings, you know, might let Mike Zimmer go after the season, and I'll just read them off to you, just the reasons, and then you can tell me if you agree with them or not, or there's something else that maybe I might have missed. So I had my first reason was that uh, Zimmer's defense is is no longer feared. Uh, my second reason is Minnesota struggles consistently against top competition. Number three is Mike Zimmer's mismanagement of his coaching staff. And number four is just Mike Zimmer hasn't accomplished his goal, which he said in his introductory press conference of, you know, bringing a championship to Minnesota. So do you agree with those and, or is there anything that you, maybe I might've missed? No, I definitely agree with those. Um, it's, it's funny. I think the NFL's really just changed and it's changed to the point where Zimmer's defense is easily ex- exploitable. They, the NFL is almost a lot of teams take advantage of. Um, I think the Vikings do a really good job of the bend don't break defense where they'll give four or six at a time at a clip, but not let up the big play. But eventually all what that leads to is that teams are in the red zone very often and where Zimmer's defenses have really had to step up over the course of his tenure in Minnesota is in the red zone. And it just puts a lot of stress on them. So and with departures that we've seen, uh, especially last year, I'll give him a pass just because it was a skeleton crew on defense. But mm-hmm. this year, you know, you're seeing a little bit more uh, with them struggling in the, in the red zone. San Francisco uh, was extremely efficient in the red zone last week. Um, and I think that playing teams like like Rodgers and, and Green Bay and playing more offensive minded coaches uh, who get who are more creative, know how to adjust a little bit better, um, can exploit that. And now I'm a big fan of how he uses his defensive backs, but there's also, you know, uh, three other components of a defense that goes into it. I think he's too specialized uh, to be a head coach. And I think that leads into your mismanagement of the coaching staff, which you're really hanging, um, you're really hanging Clint Kubiak out to dry. You never see an NFL team drafting uh, a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, and leave him on his own. Uh, there's usually some sort of mentorship there. There's whether it's an offensive head coach or a veteran quarterback, at least behind him. You, we just took a a, a signal of a play caller who has never called plays before. You don't see that in really any field. Where it's like, oh, you've never done this before. That's great. Now here and do it. Mm-hmm. Call the shot. So I think that's putting an inexperienced guy in an extremely difficult position, which is why we see some of the head-scratching play calls that we, we do uh, week in and week out. Yeah, the rumor is getting help uh, right now from Andrew Janoco, uh, the quarterback's coach. But yeah, I think I, I think the original plan might have been to have Rick Dennison help him out. Um, the offensive well I guess maybe former offensive line coach who you know he didn't want to get the COVID vaccine so he couldn't he can't be in the building um because he's been an offensive coordinator in the past so uh that's my and he was the run game coordinator so that's my kind of thought that he was probably going to help out Clint Kubiak but yeah I mean Zimmer's choices over the years just looking at the offense he you know two of his guys Let's see, North Turner left in the middle of the season. He fired John D. Filippo middle of the season. 
two of his guys went on to be head coaches, Pat Shermer and uh, Kevin Stefanski. Then you got Gary Kubiak, only wanted to be there for a year uh, calling plays. And then he already, you know, had enough of the stress or whatever that comes with being the, the Vikings offensive coordinator. And now, and now he gave it to Clint Kubiak, who, like you said, had no experience being a play caller. Now people will point to Kevin Stefanski as being someone who also didn't have experience uh, as a as a play caller, but he was with the Vikings for over a decade with like three different head coaches, so and a bunch of offensive systems. So he was probably able to pick up a bunch of things on the way to becoming uh, a play caller. But Kubiak's only been with the Vikings for I think a total of three years, so that's that's a big difference when you compare. Like if someone's like, well, Stefanski didn't have any you know experience, but he had other experience that helped him find the ability to to call plays and he also got like those three i guess trial games in the final uh, 2018 season uh where he was able to kind of maybe figure things out that that kubiak didn't didn't have he was figuring we heard quotes about him you know figuring things out in like week five and it's like oh good yeah (laughs) we need to get the ball to justin jefferson oh okay he's like i'm figuring out how to you know figure out what to call you know next or like figure out think of you know, the next play after I just call a play. And it's like, just now you think you're, you're thinking of that. Um, so yeah. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think the, the defense regressing over the last years has a lot to do with the coaching staff because, uh, looking at the 2019 defensive staff, only five of the, uh, seven defensive assistants or only two of the seven defensive assistants are still with the team. Uh, right now compared to 2019 and that is Andre Patterson and Adam Zimmer who are the co-defensive coordinators which is a whole nother thing which I feel like is just so annoying why do you have co-defensive coordinators just like it's like it seems like one it seems like a slap in the face to Andre Patterson it's like he's not good enough to just do it on his own we got to have you know Zimmer's son be uh the co-defensive coordinator I I, I just I always look at that and I'm like why why is this happening um but i think yeah the departures because with what george edwards left jerry gray left he was a defensive backs coach uh now he's with the packers and another guy named jeff howard he left he was with the team for like five or six years on the defensive staff so i think those departures have a lot to do with the the regression of the defense as far as the coaching staff goes but those yeah those are my reasons why i think he's out Um, yeah Another thing I, I am actually really surprised was that considering that like Gary Kubiak was the offensive coordinator last year um, and being that his son is his son, you know, is so mm-hmm. inexperienced. You, I, I'm surprised. I don't know uh, what went on, but wouldn't you, you, wouldn't you want Gary Kubiak would be the perfect guy to like be in this phase out, not even, not even off like co-offensive coordinator, not even that, but just in a in a in some sort of role. Well, he had that role in 2019 with Stefanski. He was kind of like the senior offensive assistant. He'd hang out in the booth. Yeah, kinda, exactly. Uh, give I'm him pointers. Yeah. You couldn't keep the guy in the booth with his son, right? When the why would he not want to do that? I, I mean, want- maybe this isn't hard to think uh, or try and believe, but maybe Zimmer's not that easy to work with. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. There's something about that. Uh, that we'll call it wisdom. That yeah. Some uh, stuff I mean, with it. it. It's fine when you're winning. People that people don't care, but you know when you're 
losing, like I'm sure that 2018 season, a bunch of people probably got mad at each other because they didn't even make the playoffs. Um, but yeah, when you're winning, people are fine with you being, you know, maybe a control freak or angry or ornery or whatever. But yeah, when you're losing, people don't want to be there and people don't want to work for you. So maybe, maybe there's a little bit of that in there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. There's, there's been rumors of that sprinkled around, uh, over the place. Um, so if, so if the Vikes move on from Mike Zimmer, would you want a complete rebuild or just maybe someone who could possibly kind of work with the players that they already have and try and try and just get, get them over the hump? No, I think I'd like a complete rebuild. Um, really? I, I, I wrote a, a few weeks ago about five younger offensive coaches yep. who I think could step in for Mike Zimmer at the end of the year. Should he get fired in, um, you look around the league and you see like LaFleur in Green Bay and obviously McVay, but Kingsbury in Arizona. And there's a, there's a trend of these younger coaches. That, Zach Taylor in uh, Cincinnati. Zach Taylor. Exactly. Off that. I mean, that's a coaching tree by Sean McVay. That's uh, yeah. so young. And I think that's a trend you're seeing. So having a guys um, come in and, and start, I this might be a stretch, but I love Kellen Moore. I don't think oh, yeah. it's a realistic option, but I love Kellen Moore and think he would be a great coach. Great. Uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings head coaching job for an offensive mind would be very attractive oh, given yeah. Jefferson, Cook, Thielen, yep. uh, Smith. coming back. Right. So I think that. A full rebuild, new culture, new identity. I think that the Vikings need to get away from this. I mean, yeah, once Zimmer's, if they choose to move on from Zimmer, they'll also be choosing to move on from this uh, old style, old school football. Hopefully. Mentality, exactly. Where it seems like we're forcing the run and it's not, it's not working and I, I it it seems to be that way when I when I watch the games, but we're actually uh, sixth in the NFL in pass attempts, yes. so we are throwing it a lot. It just doesn't seem like we're running the ball effectively. It's not efficient. It's not efficient, and I think that is because we when when we run the ball, when you watch the Vikings run the ball, they're running in formations that create a stacked box they're running sometimes they run the ball and, and jefferson or thielen or both are not even on the field right so there's no there you know they're not throwing the ball right so when it's impossible to run the ball when everybody knows you're running the ball yeah with an offensive line that is not the minnesota moving company no so yeah. to have a new system and a new coach come in spread the field a little bit utilize don't go into week nine or whatever it was and say, Oh, I think we need to get Justin Jefferson, the ball. More. <laughs> <laughs> and there's plenty of other ways to get Dalvin cook the ball. So yeah. you don't have to run him up the middle 25 times a game. And no. that's why he dislocates his shoulder. And I just think, I think there's plenty of reasons why a fresh start is needed, but I do think that shall they, should they move on from Mike Zimmer? I think that um, they should just bring in a whole new, uh, new era. New coach, new staff. So maybe more of a, more of a maybe like a drastic rebuild, more on the defensive side of the ball, where you get rid of guys like Harrison Smith, 
maybe even not not Harrison Smith. Um, Anthony Barr, maybe Harrison Smith, um, but probably not because you just signed him to an extension. Uh, maybe Daniel Hunter. You're like, okay, let's just this guy's been hurt the last two years. Let's let's let him go and try and move on, clear some cap space. Um, you know, maybe I wouldn't get rid of Eric Kendricks. No, don't ever get rid of him. Um, you know, maybe maybe move on from Michael Pierce because he hasn't been doing a whole lot um this season. Uh, but just move on from from some of the, like the mainstays that you've you've had uh over the years on the defensive side of the ball that you just try and get some some new guys in there. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think you yeah. look at Hunter, who's missed. I mean, the majority of the past two seasons, mm-hmm. and he's a fantastic player. But at the when end of healthy. the day, the the best ability is availability. So yep. if he's taking up cap space and not going to be on the field, it's it's that would be a tough decision. Uh, I'm glad I don't have to make it, right. but I could see something like that happening. Yeah, I could see a, somewhat of a clearing house. You think they might franchise him next year? I think that'd be a. I think that's a viable option, considering that he, I mean, the neck injury and then a torn pec yeah. the following year. I think that. I mean, it's a it's a similar muscle group, right? It, right. So when a lot of times you see that in players, if player breaks his ankle he'll come back and have a calf strain or yeah, like acl and hamstring and stuff like that. yeah and that so i, I think a, a viable option for for them would be a franchise tag a, a not a not a prove it deal but just let's see play mm-hmm. 14 games play yeah. 12 14 games because he's still he's what like, i think he's like 27 28 he's still yeah got a couple good years left in there um and when he's on the field when he's healthy he's one of the best in the league, it's not even. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, moving on. How would you say Kirk Cousins has played this season? I mean, I think he's played well. I think he's played really well. I think uh, I, I've, I, I know. Looking at your article about <laughs> the second half of games, yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna tell you. I was gonna say, <laughs> what if I told you he's really good in the first half this year and not so good in the second half? Would that surprise you? That it it would have um, before reading what? your article. You, spoiler, you spoiled it for yourself. I did. I did. I did. I I was looking at some numbers. Like I said earlier, he's sixth in the NFL in pass attempts, and he's very first in the NFL in interception percentage. So mm-hmm. he's throwing the ball, um, like more so than a majority of NFL teams, and he is the best in the league at so far not throwing um, turnover worthy balls. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just I'll just read you his. Uh, we'll we'll look at his first half numbers and then we'll do his second half. So first half, and this will be like his, and I'll give you a ranking compared to like the rest of the quarterbacks in the league so far this year. So this year, in the first half, in the first quarter, in the second quarter this year, Kirk Cousins has sixteen passing touchdowns, which is second best in the NFL. He has no interceptions, tied for first. He has a seventy-one percent completions percentage, which is sixth in the NFL. He has an 8.0 yards per attempt, which is third. And then he has a 123.4 passer rating, which is second. So those are all very good. And I don't think we're surprised because the Vikings, are, they, they've scored a lot on their opening drives and, and things like that. Now, the second half of games. Much different story for Mr. Kirk Cousins. He only has six passing touchdowns in the second half this season. 19th in the NFL. His three interceptions in the second half, which is 16th. 64.3 completion percentage, which is 24th. 
a 7.0 yards per attempt, which is 26th, and an 88.2 passer rating in the second half, which also ranks 26th. So what if you see this or you hear this, what what comes to mind? Why do you think this might be the case? Well, the first thing that comes to mind for me would be like, oh, the Vikings must be blowing teams out in the first half. And, right. you know, a lot of the second half of the game must be Kirk throwing the ball off, checking it down, not having to do too much. But that's not even been the case. Every no. game is down to the wire. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where, what the divide is. I mean, it's obviously that, I mean, look at the the Browns game. Uh, we score the first drive and don't even put up points Nothing the rest after, of the yeah. entire game. So that is just, um, that, that's a clear indicator of just, uh, it almost looks like being unprepared or mm-hmm. just not not having a, a counter punch or mm-hmm. not being able to adjust, which is also a coaching staff issue. But when you have veterans on both sides of the ball, that should be something that could be taken care of on, on both sides as well. Yeah, I'll say this. It looked like they did make adjustments in the Packers game. I, w- I would at least say that um, because they were able to score and stuff in the second half there. Um, but speaking of the Packers game, Kirk Cousins, he played really well. Um, they got that big win over the, the top-seeded Packers at the time. Can we? Should we look at that now and knowing what we know about Kirk and maybe some of his other performances as the Packers game maybe not the norm? For, for Kirk Cousins and some of his other performances maybe are? I Yeah, I, I I think that Packers game, unfortunately, as sad as it is to say, is not only not the norm for Kirk Cousins, but it's not the norm for Mike Zimmer either. Right. Um, Zimmer's teams are, I mean, people laugh at Kirk Cousins not winning against winning teams. Right. Yep. And, but Zimmer, 17, 16, 39, Against teams that finish with a it's like twenty nine twenty nine percent winning percentage, yeah. So that I mean, it, it's kind of funny that uh, Zimmer and Cousins. Like, it, it seems like Zimmer and Cousins are like the same. Yeah. If they're you the, look, they're, at, they're, they're like the perfect imperfect match. Yeah, it is, <laughs> and, and, and thus making them the perfect match for the Vikings. Yeah, as well. of course. <laughs> All right. So, what do you, your Rick Spielman? You're the GM of the Vikings. What are you doing with Kirk after this season? I would, I know he's got a big hit yeah. coming 40, next 45 year. million. 45 million. Yeah, so. That's not happening, by the way. That's, that's, <laughs> it can't. It just no, can't. People are like, well, just let him, you know, go run out of his contract. No, that's, that's not, that's not, that's not going to happen. He hasn't earned it at no, all. No, so, no, I, no. I think it's, uh, yeah. I think that's got to be settled in the off season. We'll know pretty quickly. I think what's happening. Yeah. Um. If you know by the start of the league new year, if they restructure a deal, if um, I mean rumors will come up if he's getting traded like they do every year. But I think that's got to get restructured first of all. I would be, I'd be happy if he can't if he comes back as yeah. quarterback of the Vikings next year. Um. Just because I don't know who else would be. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What I, I think, Kellen Mond's. So he's really their only option right now, right? Yeah, he um, I mean, unless they trade for somebody. Unless they trade for somebody, which I don't. That's not the Vikings. Eh, Rick Spielman likes to trade. He likes to trade draft picks. He does, but he traded for what? He traded for Ngakwe. 
Uh, who did he trade? He traded for Herndon this year. He's traded for he's yeah. traded for some some people in the past. Traded for uh, was I think Jared Allen was a sign and trade, so maybe technically that doesn't count. But it it, it made some pretty significant trades in the past. I wouldn't put it past Mike Wallace back in the day. Yeah. Um, no, I like Rick. Yes. I like Rick Spielman a lot. I think he's a a great GM. I think he's built an incredible. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. Ever I season. really, yeah, I hope not. I, people, I've heard people calling for his head, and I, but he think I think he's great. He's been there too long. I think it's got to go really, really bad for for him to leave before it's his decision. Yeah, the issue is just not the the personnel. That's just not the issue. Right. So I I think he does a great job. He's great in the draft. He. Gets good free agents. I, I think he's a great GM. But no, if Kirk Cousins comes back next year as quarterback of the Vikings, I think that's a great, a good option for us. I think that tossing Kellen Mond out there without really, I mean, it's not a situation like Kellen Mond's not in the same situation as like Patrick Mahomes, where he's like, oh, he just needs a year and he's going to be a stud. It's, right. Kellen Mond is an extremely raw prospect who has some of the traits that can make a good NFL quarterback. Just need if we saw some bright flashes in, in this past year's preseason, I'd be a little bit more comfortable saying like, okay, Kirk and Mond can compete next year. But I don't even think it's that. I mean, I don't. We were horrible in the preseason offensively. Yeah. I tell you what, if if they move on to Mond, you better have someone who has coordinated an offense before. You cannot have a first time guy in there and have Mond be a first-time starter. That's just a disaster waiting to happen. But I do agree with you, but that, like, bring Kirk Cousins back, is it's probably one of the Vikings' best options, as, as some might not like to, to say that, including myself. I, I would love for them to move on from Kirk Cousins. I think they they gave him a shot. They tried. Gave him two shots, actually. Um, and just it didn't work out. Um, and I think it's time to, to move on to something else. But if he's the best option, there's not much else you can do. But I do think there's going to be people calling the Vikings uh, this offseason to see, you know, what it would cost to to acquire him. You look at teams maybe like the Broncos, who have George Payton over there. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is their long-term uh, answer. You look at the Steelers, uh, and then probably moving on from Ben Roethlisberger. Even some a team like the Saints, um, I don't think they're going to have to clear up a bunch of cap space to be able to afford Kirk Cousins, but at the same time, you know, they the cap people do crazy things with the cap all the time. But yeah, there's going to be calls for sure. Um, it just depends on what the Vikings are looking for. The three teams in the NFC South, the, I could see the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Saints. I mean, depending on what happens with Matt Ryan. And, yeah. Uh, I, I can see the Panthers. Yeah. I can see, I can see the Panthers drafting a quarterback in the first round and wanting Cousins to come in for a year and. Uh, at the same time, though, they they what they traded? Did they trade for Teddy? Uh, no, I think he was a free agent. They traded Teddy they traded away. For Darnold, they right. traded for yeah, they traded for Darnold, and it's like, do they want to trade again for a quarterback and be you know maybe potentially burned again? Right. Um. So maybe they might shy away from that. Is Tom Brady's contract done at the end of the year? Ooh. Um. I don't know. I know he's. I don't know. Because if it is, I mean, Bruce Arians is pretty good with quarterbacks. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out the Bucks to try. I to could do that. see a swap there, not not a trade, but I could see <laughs> Byron Byron Leftwich uh, coming over to coach here 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to play for the. Uh, I thought you were gonna be like, well, yeah, Tom Brady for Kirk Cousins. I'd be like, no. <laughs> yes, I will do that immediately. <laughs> yeah, no, I could see Byron Leftwich uh, taking over as head oh, coach. For sure. One of those. I mean, Arians loves him. He says he he yeah. lets him run the offense meetings. I think that Leftwich Leftwich is a is a viable option for us next year. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so. I'll I'll give you this to before we get out of here, which is the Vikings have what six games left? Yeah, five and six, eleven five and six. six. How many more? They they got their five and six. How many more wins will they get the rest of the year? Well, they have the Bears twice. Nice. Yeah. They have the Lions once. They have the Packers one more time. So what's that? Two, four, and then you have the the Rams yep. and the Steelers. Both at home. Yep. Both at home. So I think. I really hate to jump the gun, but I really think we'll win this weekend against the Lions. Yeah. I think that we'll we'll drop one at Soldier Field just because we always do, yeah. and it's going to be agonizing and it's going to be terrible. And but we just got to get through it together. I don't know. Um, I don't know if Matt Nagy's still there. I don't know. Bears are bad. Yeah, <laughs> but bad. he's good. But he's good against Mike Zimmer, which is he, weird. Yeah, it, it's yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. That that game will not. It will not matter what the records are for for either team. It will not matter. But I think the same will be said about the second Packer game as well. It won't matter what the records are. I think we'll right, right. unless it's a primetime game. But um, I think the Rams game. I don't foresee us. Um, the last time we played the Rams was really a good game. That was uh, in L.A. Right. That was like Thursday LA. night. Yeah, that was a really good game. A shootout or whatever. That was Cousins' first year. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I remember that because I was in the airport. Uh, I was like going on my my honeymoon or something like that. Huh. Um, I would say I could see us getting past the Steelers if it was 1 o'clock on a Sunday, but come on. It's short. at home, though, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So, and the Steelers, not that good. Yeah. We also lost to Cooper Rush at home. And they just put, uh, what they put on? They just put TJ Watt on the uh, COVID list. So, he might not. Be playing on uh, that Thursday night. They did. Uh, they are shooting for Cook to return. Uh, yeah, against, the against who? Uh, the Bears on Monday night. After that, yeah. After, so the yeah. long, a long week. Um, yeah, and I, I'm not, I'm not holding out hope for him to be 100%. very effective for the rest of the year. Probably. You know who I have high hopes for though this week is uh, Kane. 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 Kane Wangwu. Wong Wu, Kenny Wong Wu. Yeah, I yeah. Think- I'm curious to see what they can do with him. I don't have a lot of confidence because I just don't have a lot of confidence in the Vikings' offense of like play callers to come up with some stuff. <laughs> Although they did run a flea flicker last weekend, and you know a, a wide receiver pass or whatever. So maybe uh, you know. Well, yeah, they're trying to be more aggressive. So what do you think? So what do you think? How many wins? How many wins? Okay, so I think what do we have six games left. I think that we at, at five right now. I think we go, let's see, five. Yeah, okay. So I think we beat the Lions this week, one. Mm-hmm. I think we beat the Steelers on Thursday night. There's two. I think we beat the Bears once, so there's three. And I think we lose to the – I think we split with Chicago. I think we lose in Lambeau, and I think we lose against the Rams. So so nine and eight, and some other team knocks the Vikings out of the playoffs. Yep, and it'll be a uh, – <laughs> well, it'll be a poetic end to the – Zimmer Cousins. It'll yeah, it'll be like the Vikings. They play at one o'clock. They play the Bears on the in the season finale. They get the win. Yep. 
and they need someone to lose at four o'clock, and that team doesn't lose. Yep, yep. <laughs> so it uh, unfortunately uh, ends up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's never happened before. <laughs> um, all right, that's all I got for you today, uh, Dominic. Where can people follow you on Twitter? Yeah, uh, shoot me the follow on Twitter at Nucci underscore 17. That's N-U-C-C-I underscore 17. All right, go follow him. Follow his stuff on the Viking Age. Uh, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.